Happy Friday, Fresco babies. How are we doing? Welcome back to the Interdimensional Bedroom. We have a great episode this week. And what else would I say? It's warming up outside. I'm always going to say it's a good episode this week. I Wannabe and I continually continually up the game on what a podcast should be, and boy, does it ever feel great. This week, we talk about how I think I was kidnapped by a group of international dentists to uh, to prevent my my third eye from opening up. We also get into uh, non-fungible tokens. Give that a quick Google if you're curious. It's very interesting. It's going to change the fabric and the way we consume art and media forever. Uh, we also introduce a new segment. Um, this week, we have a new yeah, on th- Friday, March 26th, uh, which is the last Friday of the month, we're going to be doing what what I like to call the, it's a new thing called the Interdimensional Culture Club. And what that is, is Wannabe has suggested a short story. Uh, this this month, it's going to be Ray Bradbury's Sound of Thunder, which you can find on Spotify, YouTube. I'm sure you can find uh, copies of it online as well. Uh, we're, we'll, be, we'll be exploring a... a something of culture and then discussing it for the entire episode um just a way to a lot of science fiction stuff you know um because that's the stuff that we're entertained by and so i'm not i have no idea what the story is about i have yet to read it but i just wanted to let you guys know friday the 26th episode of fresco savage live from the interdimensional bedroom is going to be the internet in the first episode of the interdimensional culture club where we discuss ray bradbury's sound of thunder other than that not a lot going on. Pandemic seems to be ending. At least, at least it feels that way. It fe- doesn't it feel like it got warm and everyone just thought the pandemic was over? It's a bit crazy out there. Uh, who knows what happens? Uh, but I'm running out of time. If you're here for the first time, fifth time, sixth time, seventh time, I am so happy to see you. I'm so happy to hear you. Share it with a friend, please. Review on iTunes, whatever. Get the word out. Uh, enjoy this week's episode of Fresco Savage, live from the interdimensional bedroom, babies. Ooh, we got some time left. My favorite animal this week is a blue whale. All right, enjoy this week's episode of Fresco Savage Live from the Interdimensional Bedroom. Goodbye. doing dude fresco is doing great oh my god i just got how rude i just got a damn facetime from my friend the minute we start the podcast i think yeah i i I think it's uh it's like i mean you get these calls and i know we've actually talked about this before i just find calling somebody without warning if it's not an emergency is the most disrespectful thing. Yeah. <laughs> to say to say listen, I don't care about what you're doing. I'm assuming you're doing nothing. The time I need now. something from you now. Yeah, no, that is so funny. Um and you've explained this to me in the past cuz I used to call you a lot. I used to call you a lot. And 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 on my end, I really did, you know, assume you had nothing going on. In my head, when I called you, you were sitting in your apartment waiting to get called by somebody. Yeah, I was going, please, oh, please. 
Will somebody call me? Oh God, I wish I had something to do, like a, a nice phone call. You know, but I will yeah. say, it's in my genetics. My grandma and her sister used to talk on the phone. It's like a thing in my family that my grandma and her sister, who live in the same town, by the way, can talk. People on- talk on the phone. I mean, Juana, people talk on the phone. It's not genetic. No, 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 no. It's in my bloodline. That's the only explanation. It's that they can talk on the phone for hours to your to to each other. Some people are like that. Some people. I'll, I'll be honest. I was like that. Yeah. Um, and I just had a situation where I was talking to one person for hours a day. Yes, you've told and, me this. Uh, I've told you about this. And when that ended, the idea of I never wanted to live a life in a phone again. Ah, uh, okay. Well, that makes sense. Thank you for sharing that. I, yeah, I do think it's a bit of, it's something that is not, like, I've I've never, I've always struggled with, like, taking, using time wisely. In elementary school, on my report card, that was always the thing that got me, using time wisely. I've never been, I've never been good at it. Yeah. Also, what does that mean? And that's what I said to my kindergarten teacher. I said, what, define wisely. Define wisely. Yeah. Is it wise to you or wise to me? That's what I was saying. I, I said because I think drawing instead of doing math is more wise for me. Yeah, Mrs. I, Irwin. I think chit chatting with my peers and getting to know them, yep. interpersonal connections, is more important than sampling. Dude, this was the only thing I remember from kindergarten. We had to learn how to use chopsticks and eat chow mein noodles that from a weird to me. from a paper plate. And dude. Trying to eat because the chow mein noodles are the fucking uh, the really crunchy ones, correct? Right. I don't think they were teaching you how to eat chow mein noodles. I think they were giving you an exercise for fine motor function that would probably lead to handwriting. All I know is that we had to learn how to write like two words in Chinese, and then you keep getting phone calls. Yeah, dude. We'll, we'll just keep rolling with it. Um, <laughs> we just keep. We gotta just roll punches, man. Um, I just hope someone you know isn't dead or something. That's my yeah. concern. Well, if they are, I'm going to feel like a jackass in 40 minutes when this podcast... Well, you know what? Schrodinger's cat, they're not dead yet until you find out. <laughs> that is an abuse of that physics experiment. But anyway, <laughs> but yeah, we, we like learned how to write tree in Chinese, and then we had to learn how to use chopsticks and eat chow mein noodles from a paper plate. That's so weird. And I specifically remember being the last one. And it was definitely because I was chit-chatting too much during the time that everyone else was mowing chow mein noodles. And I was like, yeah, Mrs. Cop, her, her name was literally Mrs. Cop. And I said, Mrs. Cop, I, I just feel like my digestion works better when you relax and, you know, I'm not stressed out about the eating process. I kind of just mm. want to enjoy the taste. I was mindful eating. You want to talk yeah, about yeah. wisely, Mrs. Cop? It's the young boy with the colic mindfully yeah. eating chow mein noodles. Yeah, I routinely, my dad worked in the school district so routinely I would stay late ah. because I would be chit-chatting. Ah. The teacher would make me stay late and call my dad, which in hindsight, that sounds awful. I can't believe they did that. But they would call my dad and they'd say, uh, Matt needs to fig- finish some stuff up. Can you just get, can you, instead of him riding the bus, can you just pick him up at, 3 30 which is like a half hour after class would be done so they would just hang have me hang out right in the room it was honestly though very unprofessional you know like i'm not my dad like i'm matt i'm not 
my dad's son. Like I am, but like you don't get to game the system because of that. Yeah. Like, I want an equal opportunity. Yeah, I agree. And I... my dad, my dad used it against me too in sixth grade. I my dad forced me to wear headgear at school. It was awful. It was just it, it was awful. Brace face the whole night. Headgear, and it wasn't braces, it was like I had a metal thing around my entire head. Dude, I didn't think that was real. I thought that was literally a <sighs> thing in movies. No, 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 no. And I I would not wear it for obvious reasons. Yeah. And my dad would call each class I was oh. in and make sure I was wearing it. And you know what's worse than wearing headgear? Being told by the, having the teacher tell you in sixth grade to put your headgear on. You <laughs> call every awful. hour? Call every hour. Dude, you can't do that. So why? This is on the dentist. Let's be real here. The dentist that said it's kind of on me. It's so it's kind of on me. It's kind of on me. I don't know about that because I didn't wear my headgear at night when I was supposed to. So the dentist is like, "Your shit's going back," (laughs) and you you can either double down and wear it during the day, or it will take longer. And my dad's like, "We're not spending a dime more. Right, right. You're wearing this shit at school." (laughs) I can't can't believe. (laughs) I hate it, dude. I hated. I hate mouth stuff. So, I hate the dentist. Dude, it's really funny you say that because I just had a dentist appointment today and I was going to vent about it. Dude, the dentist makes me schizophrenic. <laughs> uh, because please explain. the last... Okay, so my mom is a hygienist, right? No way. Yes, my mom's, a, my mom's a hygienist. My dad was a teacher. Got to keep my teeth clean and my grades up. I've been saying that joke for... <laughs> I've been saying that That's joke for really, 20 years. That's really funny. Uh, Anyway, I started feeling, I hated the dentist so much. It started to feel, and my mom, it's my mom, right? Yeah. I started to believe in a little bit of me, more maybe as like a coping mechanism than anything, that I am a, I cannot believe I'm sharing this. This is so intimate. So whenever the dentist, they like pump your head full of x-rays and fluoride. Yeah. I started thinking, am I like an experimental child? Because they take, how often do you get molds of your teeth taken? I, I don't know. I felt, I don't think ever. Molds? Every time I'm at the dentist, I get molds of my teeth taken for identity purposes. Every time I'm at the dentist, I get a full 360 x-ray of my teeth. So every yeah. time I'm at the dentist, I'm getting fluoride all the time. Okay, so I get the x-rays. I've gotten the x-rays every time, but I think that's procedure. But molds, I'm not sure. See, that's what's weird. So a little part of me thinks that, uh, does not think this, but I'm in the chair and everything sucks. And a little part of me goes, oh my gosh, um, I was an experimental child. And I was taken away from my real family and put into this family with a hygienist who could keep tabs and keep giving me fluoride and x-rays to keep me from growing to my full potential. Oh, yeah. And that's what I think about still as a 29-year-old man. I go in there and I'm like, I don't know if she's even my real mom. I oh, think this right. is I, I think this is sham. I, I I think this is a sham. I think that Fresco Savage is meant to be interdimensional and they're trying to keep me down. I think, yeah, they're definitely putting extra fluoride on to calcify your third eye chakra, which is known. And so since the last time I've started refusing fluoride which my mom told me was never possible, but I asked the dentist. 
for the listeners, I'll just finish that sentence. The calcification of your third eye chakra can cause you to lose sight. It, uh, cause you, it prevents you from self-actualizing. Mm-hmm. And that's what they're doing in Fresco here. That's what they're doing to me. And I guess who just bought fluoride-free toothpaste? Oh, dude, I've been doing that. I, is it? Oh, is it black? <laughs> I got this charcoal toothpaste. I'll, I'll tell you the brand. It's fantastic. Nope. It's just Burt's Bees. It's okay, just it's it's in the hippie section. Gotcha. Yeah, I got mine infected too. The, the, the toothpaste is like all not tested on animals, not vegan. But I will say this for some actual science here, for the, what it's worth. My friend did that for a while. She's a yoga instructor, hippie dippy person. She says she went to the dentist and they said that there are two different genes. And one of the if you have one of the genes for the way that your body creates what's it called enamel. You can have mm-hmm. the potential of having like a soft enamel and she has that yep. gene. And so she, they told her to definitely stop using fluoride free because her teeth were truly getting soft. So just Is that true or are they trying to keep her down as well? I, if, if I, if it was up to me, I'd say they're trying to keep her down because <laughs> she's a genius and she's like an athletic trainer and a yoga mm-hmm. instructor and oh, yeah. getting her master's degree. But if I were a dental hygienist, I might say that I'd be worried about the soft enamel. Yeah, I don't know. My teeth are pretty hard. They okay. chip a lot, though. <laughs> they chip a lot, but I think that's on me. That's not on the tooth. Well, I just want you to be healthy, and I think I bet you have great teeth. I've honestly never paid attention, but I don't want you to lose your teeth. Most people, oh, you do have great teeth. Look at that. Those pretty. Yeah, yeah, I do have great teeth. Uh, my mom was a hygienist, so right. right. <laughs> So I want to say a few things because my girlfriend is a hygienist and that's why I did this. Mm. So I volunteer my time. Isn't it funny how hygienists have somehow found their way into our lives want to be? Is funny. Now I'm freaking out a little bit inside. Yeah, 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 yeah. See, see, see. Um, and it, it, you know, we did start dating right around the time where I was starting to get really deep mm. into meditation. What? Oh my! The Almighty They, my friend, the Almighty They—they're out to get us. Um, I see you, big brother. Anyway, um, we okay. So I volunteer my time. She's like, all right, it's gonna take about four hours per appointment, and there's gonna be two appointments mm-hmm. because she's working through the things and it's not easy like scraping all the calculus off at first and everything well it's i don't know if it's called calculus it is, is I, it? yeah that's what i learned today it's called calculus because i had a bunch of oh it. you had dentists today yeah i literally like two hours ago got back from this and this wow. was appointment. did you bleed all over the place man it was awful. Me too. i always bleed i always bleed yeah i learned that i floss my teeth like an impatient two-year-old I only brush once a day. Do you do morning or night? What, right when I get up. That's the yeah. time I do it. Yeah. I, uh, she, well, my girlfriend now has a really fancy toothbrush. And so we, we just do two different heads. And uh, it's fun, man. That's it's, still gross. No, 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 no. no. We, <laughs> That's so gross, dude. You use the same engine, just different car. I get it, but it's weird. It feels weird to me. It's, it's cool. Um, but Is it a Sonicare? Uh, yeah, of course. Yes, it's good shit. Yeah, I grew up. I grew up with those. I got a great story about a Sonicare. Not for, not for this podcast. <laughs> okay. Okay. Oh God. Um. But yeah, she's sitting there scraping the teeth off, and now the inside of my um, 
my teeth feel like it feels like piano keys. Like I could feel like I had so much plaque on the inside, you know, on the inside middle where I never get with the toothbrush. I hate yeah. brushing my teeth, man. I'll say it. And I hate flossing. I don't. I hate it. I hate brushing my teeth. I actually throw up when I brush my teeth. Yeah, I, I, I gag, man. It sucks. Yeah. And uh, the thought of having to do that three times a day makes me sick. It. Disgust- I don't think it's three times a day, is it? It's just twice is the dentist's recommendation. I think so, but um, the my girlfriend says that the dentists floss three times a day. They floss right after the meal because yeah right after they eat the souls of the babies yeah yeah that's it that's it yeah nothing nothing gets baby soul out of the teeth like a good brush like a nice sonic hair man um i i actually have a celebrity shout out for today's podcast is that cool oh go ahead yeah go ahead um our friend elizabeth who's been a very open fan of the podcast um okay yes sewed me she sewed me a meditation pillow she it's like what? It's like I don't know. It looks to be about two feet by two feet. I I so she posted on Instagram, saying that she'd been getting into sewing and meditating. So she sewed herself a meditation pillow, and I've always wanted one, and I didn't want to buy one from some cheesy place like Earthbound. Um, yeah, yeah, so yeah. I reached out to her via Instagram, and I was like, "Hey, can you make me one?" And she's like, "Yeah." So she dropped it off today, and wow. I, I, I'll, I'm paying her for it. And with the pillow is a, first of all, the pillow is amazing. It feels, I feel like a bird on a perch. I am sitting on it right now. It feels like it's, mm. like, it's like a, you seem, you seem great. Your posture is amazing. That's what I'm comfortable. Saying. Yeah. I feel really comfortable. Um, there's like bean baggy, uh, sort of feel on the inside, but she drops mm. up with a thank you card, despite the fact that I'm the one that should be thanking her. And then included with the pillow is a bracelet made out of sandalwood and frankincense that I can wear wow. that makes it all like that gives me like positive vibes when I'm meditating. Like, and it's yeah, positive vibes. It smells good, man. It smells really good. That's great. They gave Jesus frankincense. That's what I'm saying. So, But not a meditation pillow. No. And he maybe he could use one, man. You know? <laughs> <laughs> Anyway. I just love the I love the idea of of of, uh, of thinking Jesus could have meditated a bit more. That's just yeah. very funny to me. He was chill, but there was still some real fucked up shit that he could have. He still had some demons, man. Oh, don't we all? We all got trauma. I mean, his. Uh, I mean, Jesus Christ. I mean, literally. I mean, Jesus, Jesus Christ. Christ uh, I, <laughs> I mean, it's wow. Well, that's very cool. And thank you to Elizabeth, who is a uh, longtime uh, friend of the show. Yes. So. For other people that are fans of the show, send us some shit, and we'll yeah, talk. Just, just send me things, and I'll say your name. Yes, if please. that's any type of, uh, <laughs> that's any type of uh, uh, inspiration. Yeah, uh, I know what word you're going for there. It's not inspiration. Incentive. Incentive. Oh, it's yeah, yeah. Incent. Incentive. Incentive. Oh my god! I used to piss off my econ teacher so bad in high school because every time she talked about incentive, we would be like, "Incense? I love incense." That's a terrible joke. I can see why she got pissed. Oh, she got so mad, and we did it every single time. And so I always acted like I didn't understand the econ homework, and I never got along with her well in the first place. So um, she was also my crush. Some friend. teachers are you're just not good. I mean, my most popular. I mean, the reason I started writing music in high school was. I was a guy who went to bonfires and I learned guitar and I wrote a song about my English teacher. Uh, and the song was called Miss P is a bitch. And it was <laughs> really, 
it really jump started my musical career because I I like wrote a song and people liked the first song I ever wrote. People really liked and that bonfires. He'd be like, "Hey Fresco, play Miss Pizza Bitch." Oh my! And it was all about how because I was in enriched English. Yeah. Because uh, my parents thought highly of me, and uh, one day she told me I wasn't enriched in in class. She's like, "That doesn't seem very enriched." And so I wrote a song. I said, "Miss Pizza Bitch." You know what, Miss P? I think you're a fucking bitch. And there were many verses after that, and it it really was a smash hit. And she was really awful and not well liked yeah. at all. I mean, I believe it. It's uh, her way of teaching Shakespeare. She just put she had a tape of it, an audio tape that she she played, and then you were just supposed to read along. Oh, that was no. it. Oh man, that yeah, was I... it. Every other time we learned Shakespeare, which is already a tough thing for a high schooler to swallow. Yeah. We like read it as a play and like, and it was like kind of fun because you were acting it out. Yeah. You know, like I was Mercutio and I was in Romeo and Juliet and it was like fun, you know, like I look forward to it almost. And then like, and like the teacher would explain the inflection and why it was important, what she were really saying, but she just threw it on, sat at her desk and drank probably vodka in her coffee. That was part of the, part of the, part of the song is about how she's an alcoholic. Okay. Is this a known thing as an alcoholic or is it a speculated thing that she might be an alcoholic? Very widely speculated thing. It, but it's a, widely, but it like multiple could, years could be could be true. Could be true. I there are accounts of people like seeing her pull out bottles from her desk. Okay, between, just check. between classes. Okay, and and just wondering if this is a thing that like we had a rumor that our counselor was um, also a porn star on the side, and that was cool. you know, now looking back, far from true. Could have, gotten could have been very hurtful. Could have yeah, been very hurtful yeah, for that yeah. person. But it did get um, through dealing with her because she was an awful counselor. Yeah, that's kind of how this was. Uh, she was just an awful teacher. Very, very brash. Um, very and very slurry words as well. That was part okay. of it. So that was a thing. Okay, interesting. So like, and so the rumor started, and people, you know, oh, I saw this or I saw that between class and. That doesn't necessarily mean it's true, but it really helps you get through your day. It does. It makes you. It does make you feel better. That's an interesting little anecdote. It's there. always good to bring. You know, when someone, when you don't like somebody, it's good to bring them down with your words and and yeah. talk shit about them. <laughs> yeah. And and blatantly make things up about them. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Well, I was not. I mean, no, I wasn't a great student. I was very. I was uh, until I stopped giving a fuck. I was very much a pleasure to have in class. Notably, I mean, it said that on my report cards. That was a pleasure to have in class. Um, but that just meant that I had high-functioning anxiety. I don't actually think I was a pleasure to have in class. I think I was scared to death of not being a pleasure to have in class. Ah, uh, gotcha. Yeah. And when did you start not giving a fuck? Tenth grade. My okay. dad moved away. I got into Blink-182 and My Chemical Romance, Take Max Sunday in the Used, I mean, and that was it. It happened to the best of us, man. And I appreciate you sharing that here on the cast because it's something that, you know, I think we've talked about in the past. Um, and before we get too far into that, I think because I think we've we've discussed the school system a lot, maybe too much on this cast. I have a question for you that's like yeah. school, school positive. Yep. Do you have a favorite Shakespeare play? Why or why not? Which one is it? You know, I you- I never um really got into Shakespeare. I kind of okay. lo- Romeo and Juliet was cool, but I kind of loathed, loathed it still. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I think. I mean, I always had great teachers when we did um, any Shakespeare. Yeah, I I don't I think that was a big problem. They weren't relating it to me well enough or us. 
you gotta at least put on the vote the damn vocab man well and here's here's a big part of it and we i've talked about this a lot if i'm told to do something i don't do it i don't want to right you know so if you tell me to read a book i don't want to read that book i want to read the books i want to read yeah and it turns out as an adult i've read more books that i should have read like that I was supposed to read in high school just because they're like classics. Yeah. Then when I was in high school, but in high school, I just did not care. Right. I did not care. Right. Yeah. It seems like the best teachers can uh, really sneak in that information. They sneak it. They, they, they disguise it as something else. Well, and it's, it's, it's kind of one of those things where if, if I just read something to read it, I will understand it very well. I have very good comprehension. That's why I was enriched. Mm-hmm. But if I'm trying to understand it, I don't, it goes right over my head. Like yeah. I'm trying too hard to understand it. And so a lot of the, and I don't want to make excuses, but it felt like in, you know, you'd read a chapter and do a worksheet or do an assignment that had to do with the chapter. In trying to understand it, I, I lost all comprehension. Mm-hmm. You know, or, or in trying to read to finish the chapter before the next class that doesn't work for me. I have to do things at my own pace, but it's, it's public schools. What are you going to do? Yeah. It's interesting. Cause even cause when I was in high school, I excelled in English and went on to become an English major, but um, I always felt like I had to follow the slant of my teachers. And by that, I mean that my English teacher in high school was very openly Catholic. So a lot of the time, the books we're reading, I, I took like that angle of like, like divine intervention or like religious themes in the books. And then when I got to college, mm. I felt like I needed to take like a, an ultra liberal stance on everything we talked about. I never felt totally free to, to discuss what was really. Yeah. Happening. There was, there was always a, a wind in your sail from a certain yeah, direction, yeah, no matter I, what. Yeah. I still feel, it still feels gross to me. It probably always will. Yeah. Because no matter what, it's very hard to be completely, you know, neutral and unbiased towards what you believe or what you think. Yeah. If you believe something to be completely true to your core, like how is that not going to affect it, at least on a micro level? Yeah. You know, and even yeah. even down to like individual words you choose to say to describe something. Yeah. That you, like subconsciously you're adding your own bias. Yeah. And well, I, and what I'm seeing too is that I like I knew that prof- I had to. I wanted to like appease or please the professors. Oh, yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Like, like, especially in college, I knew that they were these, like, one of my favorite professors said, you know, he was a self-identified communist. So my, my, and I'm not saying that he's my favorite professor because he was a self-identified. So communist. he was straight up saying like, I'm a communist. He said, I'm a communist. But before he said that, he like I knew this, it wasn't surprising. Like we read the Communist Manifesto in class, but he was also a really interesting dude with a great personality. So I liked him, and I wanted to to write good things for him. But I didn't necessarily want to be a communist or identify as a communist. But it was it was conflicting because um, I felt you know that push um, yeah. to to do that. So um, it was interesting. I will say. The my, the my favorite paper that I wrote in college was a through the lens of the Communist Manifesto, a an analysis of Talladega Nights, the Ballad of Ricky Bobby. Very cool, very cool. 
Um, my favorite paper I wrote in college, the brief stint I had, was for sociology, where she told us to go out and observe people and write down what we see. <laughs> and I just made I made the whole thing up based on my head movies. Yeah. Um, and I like I put my own bias in there, and I put I put in like what I was observing, and I just made it up. I completely made it up, and she read it for the class. Are you serious? Was, yeah, dude. <laughs> That's fantastic. Because we game the system at Fresco Labs. That's right. Oh, my God. That's probably the first script I ever wrote. <laughs> yeah, really? That's the first time I ever wrote a story. Yeah. You'll have to experiment. Yeah, I really think that you should write poetry. I would really like you to try. I do write poetry. Well, you said you, you, hate, write, you hate reading poetry, right? Uh, it's not for me. I, I write poetry in my head all the time. I think it just like as a way to swallow life. I wrote a poem the other day about how um, I went to the grocery store and bought all these cleaning supplies. But the last thing I bought was a bottle of whiskey because it seemed like I wanted to clean my outsides, but the insides really wanted to be clean. Oh, my God. I want, you know? yeah, I want to publish a, a work of poetry with you. Uh, for us to... I don't want to do that. <sighs> I don't want to write poetry. Well, I, I want to write what I want. See, we're coming back to the root of the problem. You, you can't. It needs to be my idea. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. Um, I'm an ass. Listen, I'm an ass. I'm a bitch in the kitchen. Like if I'm making a meal, I want to cut the veggies. I I think you should seriously think about writing your your poetry down. But why? To share it with the world. What's the value? What's the value if I do not care about what people think about my poetry? What what is the value other than writing poetry for myself? And in that sense, I already do the same. I already do that. Yeah, but you never know when you could help someone out of a funk in their head. You know, what's the point of putting the podcast out? We enjoy it. Maybe maybe that's the problem is that you don't feel that initial urge because then you do feel it here. But man, I just feel like the more that you can get out to people, the better. If you feel like you got something good to say, which I know you do. I do. I have confidence in my words. I have confidence in my ideas. But um, to me, it's like, what is a poem? It, it can right? be whatever you need it to be. Right. So in, the, in a way, this podcast is a poem. Yeah. And someone so, write it down and sell it. Maybe I'm gonna get into non-fungible tokens. That's the yeah. only way I'm gonna okay, okay. so, non-fungible tokens. What's gonna be on the what's your non-fungible token fucking um, logo? Do you need a logo? Yeah, they all have, like the Dogecoin is like a silly dog, you know. From no, the- no, no. You're you're thinking of a uh, a Bitcoin type yeah. virtual currency. Yeah, a non-fungible token is related to that in that it, it works on the blockchain of Ethereum. However, a non-fungible token is like digital art that only one person has the license for. Oh, okay. I Okay, gotcha. Yeah, and you that's know, been in the news a lot lately. It's been, a, it's been in the news a lot lately. Like celebrities are just, like washed up celebrities are just selling this shit? Yeah, or like the CEO of Twitter, Jack Dorsey, just created a an NFT of, of a screenshot of his first tweet ever and sold it for like over a million dollars or like $300,000, something like that. A lot of digital artists that have been like just on Instagram for a long time uh, are releasing these, you know, very limited, only two of them in the world, non-fungible tokens. And then, so once you have that, no one else can have it because you can't have it without, without you having the specific code on your device. And the, view it. the hope is that they will increase in value. 
and it's like virtual. It's just it's just like regular art, but it's virtual. Okay. But the thing with digital art is it can be copied and, and manipulated all over the internet. But what the NFT does, non fungible token, is it uses the blockchain to its advantage. So it creates a unique watermark that can only be be used by specific individuals who have the other piece of the puzzle. Interesting. Okay. Uh, I don't. It's a craze right now. Yeah. I don't know what it means. I, I, you know, it, it's like, you think about it, you have to think about it like almost like 30 years in the future because it's just starting now. It's right. like, imagine someone has, you know, like a piece of a digital artist. I can't even think, like, I don't know, think of any of those meme accounts that you follow. Right. Like, uh, uh, oh man, I can't even, uh, I can't even think of the names now because I'm not on Instagram, but like think of any of those meme accounts and they just like, like shithead Steve, Shathid Steve. I don't know if you follow him. He releases a lot of dope fire memes all the time. He could release like an NFT pack and it's like eBay where there's bidding on it. And then if you get a meme, you could like in, think of like 30 years in the future, you could have a scrolling screen on your wall with all your NFTs that are, that only you get that only <laughs> exist on your wall. So it's a way to create digital art um, and limit its, limit its reach which increases the value technically but i think what all all it is it's going to become just like what regular fancy art is which is just uh it's a way to store wealth that's not in the banks you know it's Mm -hmm. a way to store wealth off the books you know those famous paintings that go for nine million Mm dollars and always will go up in price because there's only one that's one in the world it's just an easy way for a rich guy to keep nine million dollars on his wall or in a vault somewhere and off the books you know yeah that is that's really interesting i'm gonna have to look at more of these um just to see some examples but yeah because it's just it's just weird man it it it, a little bit of me just thinks it's another way for rich people to get more rich and the poor people to you know not be included in that even though anybody can buy one it's like they're going for such an astronomical value yeah that doesn't really do anything yeah, I, the only one I heard about was Lindsay Lohan sold a fucking picture of herself or something like that for way more money than anyone would actually buy a picture of Lindsay Lohan for. And I just can't, yeah. ima- can't imagine that like going up in value over time. She's only going to become more washed up. That's why it'll go up in value. Okay. That. Um. Okay. Imagine the day she dies. Okay, I see. Yes, that makes sense. That makes sense. Well, we better invest. Well, I've been thinking about making them just like really shitty art, (laughs) like digital art and just just throwing it up there and seeing if people bid on it. (laughs) I don't know. It seems like an interesting game to get into. Yeah. Um, Because it's not real. It, It actually really it really like lays into my reality I've given myself, which is like money is real and in an illusion. Yeah yeah i don't uh, i can't see that like just the whole thing i don't do you think it'll just blow over and be, right now it's like a trend or what are the odds of that happening i think we're gonna see nfts become increasingly more popular to the point where it's, it's just so normalized that it's not a special okay. thing you think it'll become a, okay like because a, everything is everything is the trend is everything is going digital right yeah so this is just gonna be like in the past, when I was in third grade, I would go and buy a pack of Pokemon cards and hopefully get a holographic that are, you know, that there's less of those. Like maybe a Charizard. Wow, what a mm-hmm, gift. Mm-hmm. This will be like Fortnite skins. 
okay. where people will buy a pack of Fortnite skins and hopefully they get the one that everybody wants. Gotcha. You know, like the Tom Holland Spider-Man Fortnite skin. There's only five available and it's like a lottery system. You know, like I, I see a lot of that happening where it's it'll become interwoven into our are increasingly more and more digital lives, and especially with the introduction of virtual reality and virtual homes and oh, property. That's true. It's just right now. It's just it's just beginning. It's just beginning. And yeah, have you played much virtual reality? Have you had the? I've never done it. I'm I'm a little nervous about it. I I think uh, Fresco craves an escape, and to give myself that, I don't <laughs> know if I'd come back the same person. My a- my one of my good buddies got a VR thing and it's been pandemic obviously. So I haven't, I haven't seen him, but he even said like, he got like an Oculus and then not an expensive one. It was like 300 bucks or something, which I mean is expensive in a way, but really not that unattainable for the average person, you know? And he said, even this like rudimentary version is just like, he, it completely, he said it completely takes away your sense of reality. Like it tricks you really fast. Yeah. You think you're smarter than it, and then you get in and you're just you're in. Yeah, man. We were playing this game called like Firestorm or something. It was called uh Firepower or something like that. Anyway, mm-hmm. you are a spy character and then these red dudes come at you and you have a selection. You're of- playing power shot or super shot or something like that. I think we've had this exact conversation before. Have we really? Anyway, I don't know. The um, the thing is, the, the philosophy corner this week. Dreams. Required readings. A philosophy class you had to take to graduate with a liberal arts degree. Listen in as Wannabe takes us down the deep, deep path that never ends into our own minds. This is the philosophy corner. When it comes to ethics and or one, like one fun question to ask um, about the ethics of AI is can you judge someone's character based on what they choose to do while in a situation that they are being tricked by AI? So when I'm playing, mm. it's called super hot. The game is called super hot, super hot. Right. And I choose like the most ruthless, gory way to kill the guy when I had multiple options. Is that my true personality coming out or not? Because mm. I know that I'm in a virtual reality game. Um, it's an interesting sort of dilemma when it comes to, the idea of these games eventually will take our data and it will be sellable. Um, I was actually just in an event with my buddy. They have this um, they have this headband that can measure your brain waves while you're meditating, and it's meant for people to c- kind of measure how how they how much time they're spending. How well, like how well they're meditating? No, no, no. Like, well, it would be like measuring their alpha waves versus theta waves and stuff like that. I believe as you, you want to reach an alpha state or something like that. And Mm -hmm. um, what the discussion was about in this group of people who are like actually developing the, the system or the software is should you like, if we got to a point where you could sell people's fucking brainwave data, is that ethical? Um, Because that's a real slippery slope. And then, how much can you really judge by a person's state while they're in an AI situation? Cause they know they're in an AI situation, right? 
Right. Well, I think it, I think that argument still boils down to like nature versus nurture. Like, is is who you are based on your environment or based on something different? Like, who you actually are. Like, are there two versions of yourself? As a Gemini through and through, and it shows. I would say that yes, there are two versions of myself. One, my front facing, and one internal at all times, and they don't always agree on everything. You know. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's an interesting question. There's a really inter- there's a really good series called Westworld on HBO that kind of explores this. Mm-hmm. Um where rich people will pay to go to a simulated reality experience, but it, it's not, it's not virtual. It is, uh, it's, a, it's like a theme. Are you still there? Yeah. Okay, cool. It just did the thing that it does sometimes where it's not, where then you lose communication. Oh shit. Okay. No, you're good. Uh, so what happens is they, it's, instead of it being virtual, it's like a big, big theme park like this, like think of Disney world, but like times a hundred, like in the middle of the desert, mm-hmm. it's a big dome. It looks exactly like reality. It's called Westworld because the the version of that world is like a Wild West version. And it's all the non-player characters in it are very like in non-distinguishable robots. Mm-hmm. So they have, they have, and they're all kind of doing, they do the same thing kind of every day, just like a video game. Uh, but they're robots that have thoughts and you can fuck them, fight them, shoot them, kill them. You know, it, unfortunately for the show, it's, it's really dark. It's like, they can you can be like a rapist it i mean they they do not let they show every side of humanity dark and light in that show but that's the that's kind of a they play with that thought of like what is ethical when there are no rules yeah right you know? and like you know the people the groups of people that go to westworld it's like these rich billionaire boy clubs mm-hmm. who go and just like want to fuck rape and kill everything for mm-hmm. a week right and like it's realistic. Like when they shoot people, it bleeds. You know, like yeah. the characters scream for their lives. And it's like, yeah. is that is that right? I right. don't know. Right, right. Um, yeah, it's fun to think about, man. And uh it's interesting you bring up that scenario of going to a virtual world world because um there is a that science fiction story that I I asked you to listen to. There's a situation. Yeah, do you want to talk about that? Do you want to talk about that idea? Yeah, and so, then we can, and then we'll we'll talk about it in two weeks. Yeah, definitely. The, the idea we had, or yeah, the, the idea you had it. It's wannabe's idea, and I, I want to do it. I, yeah, the idea we're thinking about is uh, kind of discussing a piece of literature. We'd start off with a short story, and just we we'd listen to it. We'd give you, the listeners, access to read it or listen to it, and then we would just kind of discuss it like once a month or once every two months or something like that. Yeah, and specifically, I, I like the idea of doing short stories that are like science fiction based, not and not yeah. necessarily like no long stories, but you know something that's that someone could listen to within like a two week span or read. Yeah. You know, it's nothing that's gonna. I don't want to make this give them like a thousand pound not novel. Right, I don't want homework. Work right. Yeah, it's just funny that that Ray Bradbury story. They go to they actually they end up going to the future and um they have a well hundred- you can't say what. No, I know, but I'm just giving a synopsis. So, yeah, what's the story called? It's called The Sound of Thunder by Ray Bradbury. Sound of Thunder by Ray Bat- Brad... Ray... The Sound of Thunder by Ray Bradbury. There we go. Is that right? Yeah. Yes. I'm going to cut all the... <laughs> I'm going to cut it all out where I could where I called them Bradbury. Yeah, it's okay. Um, um, yeah, and I think we'll do this on the last... We're going to try to do it on the last Friday of the month. So, um, that's not this next week. I think it's one week after. So, two weeks. Everyone has... To read Sound of Thunder, read or listen. You said you found it on YouTube, right? Uh, yes, there's a there's oh, a few yes. recordings. Yep, yep. 
Yep. Um, and so Sound of Thunder by Ray Bradbury, uh, science fiction. This is Wannabe's, uh, want to call it, yeah, Wannabe's book club, but I want to choose the next book. So yeah, yeah, just, definitely. And, um, you know, if it feels, but yeah, so, whatever, it doesn't flow, then we'll just ditch it. But I, I just thought it'd be fun. Well, I, th- I think it'll be good because I think that we talk about those things anyway. We talk yeah. about those, like we just talked about artificial intelligence yeah, and, yeah. and virtual reality anyway. Right. So to have, um, to have a piece of reference material that probably has thought about it much deeper than we have just, yeah. you know, sitting on our thumbs on a zoom recording being right. like, what do you think artificial intelligence will be alive? Right, right, right. So we'll yeah. have, we'll have like a, it'll be like a spirit guide. Yeah. Through time and, it, and space. It's also, it's also fascinating because he was writing in the 1950s and he just, you know, their ability to speculate, it was just, is just fascinating. And well, yeah, and I know Philip Philip K. Dick has a lot of stuff like that too, which okay. I, I'd like to get Philip into. K. Dick, interesting. Yeah. He and a lot of his stories have turned into movies. Okay, like Minority Report mm. is a big one. Um, that's one of my favorite movies. Have you ever seen that? No, Minority Report. No, it's got it's got Tom Cruise. So take take that information as you will. But what's <laughs> so cool about <laughs> but like what's so cool about that movie is it takes place in the future, okay. and you know, these three, they call them precogs, precognitives. It's like a genetic mutation where these people have precognitive thoughts so they can tell the future. Uh, okay. And they work for the police and the government to predict crime oh. uh, before it happens. Wow. So the big, the big thing of the book and the movie is, is it a crime if it hasn't happened? Oh. You know, like, yeah, do yeah. people have the free will to change? Even if it, even if, the precogs say that it will happen. You know, like what, what point are they guilty? Oh, I love that so much. That's, and that's the most fascinating thing about this discussion on t- determinism and uh, kind of the, the side of it that I lean on is that there's always chaos. And so no matter how mm. calculated things get, there's our universe is rooted in chaos. And that I agree. You know, and that, um, obviously you know it's good that we can calculate things and we and in a lot of ways those calculations do become true Um, yeah and we try oh boy does our species try to forecast yes we want to and then some dude ends up formulating a virus in china and it gets out (laughs) (laughs) or a bat or whatever the fuck the situation we all know it was joe biden who did it was dude it was totally joe biden it's joe biden who made the virus with Kamala Harris in her apartment in California. I think Joe Biden concocted it and then it accidentally got away from him a little bit and it started to, it had some really negative effects on him. And then it uh, got out to the public and they stopped it in him. They were like, oh, whoa, 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 whoa. And then they, they got it. And then it, but by that time it was too late mm. and it got out. Yeah. Well, wanna be, I think that's a good place to end for the week. How about you? Yeah, it's already time. Wow, dude. I want the audience to know that Wannabe gets a wonderful full-color portrait of Fresco Savage when he gets on the Zoom call. And Wannabe makes me stare at a black screen the entire yeah. time. I, uh, he just sits in a dark room. I don't even know if the phone's <laughs> near his face. I'm in my special little room because I don't want to annoy my roommates. And I'm, I sit in a closet and it's got a window. But, you but sit in the closet. I'm sitting in a closet on a new meditation pillow. 
Mm. And by Good. the time, and now it's dark out. So <laughs> it's just a black screen. It's just a black screen. <laughs> and I show up wearing great shirts, wonderful yeah. colored hats, yeah. sometimes sunglasses. I'm always happy to see them. And I just got to stare into the void. I just want you to think, you know, when you stare long enough into the abyss, the abyss eventually stares back into you. All right. Have a good day, man. <laughs> Bye.